0: but underground will be very, very difficult to detect. To find out more, go to BarrierGold.com. The product is fully guaranteed with a money-back guarantee. And then, uh, Doug at Dave Intel Report. Uh, he's Doug Thornton. He has American Vendix Show. I'm Dave Hodges. We have the Common Sense Show. And together, this is the Intel Report. And we are really glad that you are with us. We're going to be... Uh, uh, taking prisoners today, seriously, we're, we're going to call out these people who are perverts. By the way, the J6 people, Doug, uh, digress for a second. Uh, they are now under investigation by Matt Gates for uh, no trial, no lawyer access. Uh, and some of these people, I bring this up, they're linked to some of what we're talking about tonight. Some of the J6 attorneys are linked to this perversion, and so are some of the judges. Oh, you know, It just doesn't end. Um okay, ladies and gentlemen, we uh, have Doug with us here and we're gonna be talking about um exotic craft. I don't know what it is. Um I I'm gonna say this and it's and you, people you know I don't come on here and bash people on our side of the fence very often unless their name's Doc and they have no credibility. But um Generally speaking, um, I stay away from people I disagree with. I just don't talk about them, but I have to here. I talked about this earlier today on YouTube. Stephen Greer uh, goes and he summons up through, I don't know, seance, meditation, whatever the hell they're doing. And all of a sudden, UFOs appear. I'm sorry. I was born at night, but not last night. And uh, I don't buy it. But he appeared on a recording today on behalf of some Intel whistleblowers with dramatic claims about what's behind these exotic craft that they have uh, and and the crimes they're committing with them. And, and I told Doug in our pre-air conversation tonight, I said, if the only thing I ever saw about Stephen Greer was this presentation, I would think this guy is really good. So if I can just forget his woo woo, nonsensical, gee, let's summon the aliens, and here they are. Just think about them, and they appear. Um, If I could just eliminate that and just go to what he said today, oh, my goodness. So I told Doug, I said, I'm still going to hold an air of skepticism here on what we're going to see because of the source. However, I think this is probably true, and I'm going to say this, too. It's my opinion that Judge Scalia was killed, lured to Texas, and murdered, no autopsy done, cremated body, and he is a Roman Catholic, and a judge that blocked any inquest for the autopsy. Um, and she was a Democratic judge. And Scalia, I believe, was talking to uh, John Roberts and said, if this crap doesn't stop with child sex trafficking, And our participation with Epstein from members of the court, I'm going to blow the lid on this. And that's why I believe he was murdered. And I had some reasons to say that when I said it. I published this on our website. And I think that this, uh, my early instincts about Scalia are right. I think his murder is related to what we're going to talk about tonight. So, Doug, let me just kind of turn it over to you, okay, as you're putting fog out onto the screen here. Feel like I'm walking on a San Francisco street. Oh, no, I'm not. There's no open air drug market and people aren't shoplifting left and right. You know what I found out today, by the way, in Pueblo, Colorado, Pueblo, Colorado, working, working town. You can steal up to nine hundred dollars and not go to jail. Yep. In Pueblo, Colorado. That's become a common theme across the entire United States. Well, you know, if I was a shop owner. You might be able to steal nine hundred dollars, but you're gonna have a hard time enjoying the goods when I beat your ass. I would market everything to be a
1: thousand and one dollars, and then when you come to rig it up, I'd have the actual price.
0: But you know, hey, good, idea. good idea. Okay, what are, is, what do we got here? Uh, we're control. gonna get we're gonna get into. Um, I, I hate to say this, people. I can't believe the words are going to come out of my mouth, but we're just following where the data goes. How about exotic craft tied to? high crimes and treason. Well, you, you normally, when we think of UFOs,
1: okay, I know we're on the subject again. not everybody likes it, but not everybody's on the up and up as those of you who seem to know everything. But when you, when you think of UFOs, exotic craft, aliens, typically you don't think a human connection as to where we're going with this as human trafficking, uh, Dr. Stephen Greer, I, I've been hard on him. Dave's been hard on him. Uh, Timothy Alberino's been hard on him, as we all should, because he's into New Age, and as Christians, we we greatly take a step back from people like that. But if his report is true, then let's take that to the side. That's his beliefs and what he wants to do out in the field by himself or the group of people is what they want to do. Um, But if his report is true. And the whistleblowers that he brought forth are credible. And one guy's a Marine from 2-5. I, I know a bunch of guys from 2-5. Um, What's two five? 2-5? 2-5, Battalion, 5th Marines. When this, this, this one uh, guy was over in Indonesia or the Philippines in 2009 uh, doing a humanitarian mission, I was in Ramadi, Iraq, doing a different kind of humanitarian mission. And so, you know, it, it, to me, it's crazy when I think about a time frame of when I was in war, sister units of mine are, are out, you know, doing humanitarian missions and come across this stuff. To me, it's not that it gives more credibility, but it really raises the hair on the back of my neck because we all saw weird stuff. Everybody's seen weird stuff. Everybody's reported weird stuff. Um, the amount of people who saw lights in the skies in Iraq and Afghanistan is is un, unknowable at this point. Well, we you know, I didn't
0: I didn't go to Iraq or Afghanistan, but I saw the Phoenix
1: Lights. That's right. That's right. You've had you've borne witness to this before, but you know what you haven't borne witness to? Is when you have black black agency operations, like the, the real dark deep state. Who takes the supposed alien spacecraft, re back engineers it, and then creates her own craft, which is what uh, Doctor Greer goes over, and then that is then used for human trafficking, smuggling, sex slavery, abductions. This is the stuff that, if if you guys recall, that Tim um, gets gets uh, Tim Albino gets very upset when talking about this because that is the greater existential threat is that we have our government that's abducting our own people and doing experiments on our own people, and now we finally got whistleblowers because of the Whistleblower Protection Act is finally being able to come out and talk about this, and I will say, at, at great cost to themselves. And you can tell, as uh, Dr. Greer is speaking, that he's he's looking left and right, back and forth, like if he's looking for the gunman in the crowd, Dave. <laughs> And and Tim and I, Tim Abrino and I, spoke about this earlier today. I told you this, and he was deeply disturbed by this newest revelation. And it, and what he said was that if we are using back engineered craft for human trafficking, all right. So let's just go here first before we play anything. If if we can have back engineered alien spacecraft, all right. Let's just throw that one out there. I know a lot of people aren't going to like it, uh, but if we can do it then we can go to the moon. Then we can go to Mars. Then we can go way down deep into the oceans at Mach 5 speed. Then we can imagine our craft coming out of these holes from the Earth. Because I think a lot of it's coming from inner Earth, and so does Tim. But another thing with this, it's almost sidebar connecting to the missing 411, is the amount of people who are abducted or missing or just go missing, right? And if this is a connection to it, this was what Tim and I were talking about, was the the possibility then that these craft and our guys piloting these craft, abducting people for whatever, what the the human cloning, the human experiments, the the sex slave, the uh the breeding uh experiments you could have an entire slave class of people that go missing, and who's going to know? Oh, because aliens took them, right? Nobody's going to believe that. Nobody damn sure would have believed it two years ago, uh, you know, even, even with you, all the stuff that's come
0: out. Have you ever heard of the Travis Walton case? Absolutely. I've studied it before, and there's, okay. there's some anomalies people that, in there. I know people that know him, and the reason I bring this up, his abduction took place in front of witnesses. Mm -hmm. he was sucked up into the sky in front of his logging crew this wasn't a guy who came and said this is what happened to me it was witnessed he reappeared near his hometown five days after being missing and no one could explain what was going on the sheriff didn't want to touch it and when travis came back and annie DeRiso, my ex-news director and she used to put on ufo conferences annie talked to him at length and eventually they made a movie of this but Annie said she told he told her that when he was being uh, sexually examined, I think that's the best way to put it, um, there were Air Force officers there in 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 there that were present. Which was left out of the movie. No, they were in the movie. Was it? Oh, I thought yeah.
1: it was just the creepy aliens. I remember I remember they were in the movie. Well, so one of the one of the whistleblowers or is that that we'll be showing you soon? He was a sergeant in the army, and he talks about being abducted. And him and his wife were both abducted, and he remembers the whole thing. Which I maybe that's unusual, maybe it's not. But he he says he remembers being abducted, and then there's a fair-skinned, red-headed woman asking him questions, and poking and prodding him. So you know, I th- I think, I think the possibility that we are abducting people with craft that only the the black budget operations are aware of, have access to. That's just beyond special access programs at this point. Congress doesn't know. Um, the White House doesn't know. The Pentagon maybe knows, maybe doesn't. Other governments around the world are doing possibly a similar thing. And so what Dr. Greer is saying is this is the existential threat to our national security is – These types of black budget operations that are, for one thing, unconstitutional, number two, absolutely illegal, and they are hurting U.S. citizens. And that's why the lid needs to be blown off, and that's why every whistleblower and their mother needs to come out and needs to give their testimony. Um, But
0: there's there's another element to this, too. This is why I believe this is true, and I think it's important I say this. When my father worked with... uh, the german scientists after the war and on into the early 60s um they he only did the theoretical doug he very did the very little laboratory sometimes he transitioned between the theoretical to where they try to set it up in the lab and he'd go in and be a consultant and that's how he learned how things were organized because everything was highly compartmentalized but he told me he said this technology went somewhere and it sure as hell didn't go to NASA. And he said these Germans were 300 years ahead of us. We estimated it would take 300 years to do what they did. And they based it on Moore's law, by the way, which a lot of people don't think came out into the seventies. No, they were using that in the sixties. And, and he said that it didn't go to NASA. We don't know where it went, but it had to go somewhere. And he said, I know that they were putting it into physical operation because I was called in as a consultant when they set certain things up. Do we do the drive this way or do we do it that way? And that's the what they brought him in to, to make those kind of decisions. And uh, he already believed this was occultic. Uh, remember I told you this story. He asked uh, the scientists one at a time, where did you get the info? And he, they said, aliens. Would you meet them? No, but our commander did. And then my dad said, well, I know about their penchant for the occult. I thought they were dealing with demonic entities. Now, he had to come to that conclusion based on real limited information, but that was his best guess. But Doug, the bottom line is here, is I believe what Greer's talking about here in today's press release is exactly what my father was uncovering with this technology. And I think this is how it was applied. Yeah, we
1: we have had access to this stuff since the forties. Yeah, that's true. Some some people say the 30s, but I'll say the 40s because at least that's when Roswell was made known.
0: Well, Bob Lazar said that he saw he knew of aliens that were working in concert with you know people from our planet, Mm -hmm. and one would think, well, they're teaching us how to use the technology. That's what Bob Lazar believes.
1: You know, as as someone who's a I was a professional skeptic, um, I would say that for the longest time. All the stories are very entertaining. I didn't give much credibility to them because people can lie, and people make a lot of money doing this type of lying. And, you know, it's not hard to fabricate evidence. But when you have, and I believe it's like 800 witness testimonies coming out that are all part of the government, and then you got GS-15s in the government coming out, and the government's not denying any of this. But let's go ahead and say this. Last week, NASA came out and said that,
0: withdave.com That's waterwithdave.com. Save $80 for a short time.
1: UAPs or UFOs are not connected to extraterrestrial non-human intelligence.
0: How would they know? Because they were never the recipient of this technology.
1: Well, that's the cover-up. And, and that was the, that's the narrative that they want. But now the cat's out of that bag. So now they got to admit, okay, well...
0: You know what NASA stands for, Doug, and this really fits? Never a straight answer. I always call them Nassholes. Whatever, but they're not... a. You know, Richard... I knew Richard Hoagland and he was good friends with my mentor, Bill Pollack. And Richard worked in that in that environment. And he said the same thing. He said, if they had a chance to tell you the truth and it wouldn't hurt them, and they could tell you a lie and it wouldn't hurt them, they'd tell you the lie. Yeah. He said that was that organization. And they murdered Gus Grissom because Gus Grissom saw UFOs and he was in space and wouldn't shut up about it. And they killed Gus and two of his astronaut team in a training mission, and it was intentional. Well, I mean,
1: every single astronaut who went to space saw a UFO, and every single astronaut who went um, to the moon saw UFOs and other things.
0: Structures when they, when they walked on the moon, they saw structures and they encountered aliens. And in one case, um I can say this part, because you know I'm under non-disclosure for some of this, but uh Edgar Mitchell did say publicly that they came across a building, they approached it, and they reviewed from the inside, and they sent them a, this sounds crazy, but this is what Edgar said. They sent him a telepathic message: "Don't ever come back here again." And it was all telepathic. And the he only has thing... said that publicly. There's other things he said that I cannot disclose legally. And you know why? Well,
1: so you know, other reports have come out about Santa Claus. Uh, that was a code name for a, a, a series of UFOs that they would see. There was a string of lights, um, yeah. and you know, all we got is is their testimony. So you know, as the audience, I would tell you to do your own research, pray about it, um, but don't let this shake your faith. And it is already with many, and that's just No,
0: no, 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 no. The, the thing is, is I, I, I won't be surprised if this ends up being demonic deception. Well, I'll be surprised.
1: I think we're all. Well, I say we're all, I think the majority of us in our movement, in the Christian movement, believe in the great deception. And, And I, now, okay, I'll sound heretical when I say this. I would not care at all if there were aliens. I don't care. I don't care. It's not for me, it's not hard for me to believe that it's, it's you're uh, not going to change uh, your faith, right? No, no. It's, and it's not hard for me to believe that the fallen left this planet, however they left it interdimensional, whatever people want to call it. And then seated something elsewhere. Okay. It's not hard for me to believe. All right.
0: Look what they you did. Know, Richard, this planet. You know, Richard, what Richard Hoagland says, um, and it's in the Brookings report as a warning, not to disclose this. Um, Richard Hoagland said um, when he was being interviewed by Art bell, he said, I'm not so sure that they out there are not us from a long time ago that mm-hmm. left the planet. And, and um, in, the, in the Brookings report, which was the guiding uh, document for NASA, and I said this the other night on a show, but I think it bears repeating here, Doug. Uh, the Brookings report said, if we go out there and find aliens covered up, it'll destroy society, religions will fall apart, blah, blah, blah. I don't believe that, but that's what they said. And then uh, they said the other thing. If we go out there and find out we've been there before, we better cover that up too. And this is what Richard Hoagland contended: was that we had been there before. Well, I
1: I don't I don't know if UFOs and aliens can destroy man-made religion more than wokeism has so far. But <laughs> you for, think you think but, well, God's creation,
0: the, man and woman, but we're, we're going to go trans on you?
1: Right. Well, yeah. for those for those of us rooted in the Christian faith, it shouldn't shake you at all. Jesus Christ is our only redeeming Savior. He died on the cross for his sins, not aliens, not UFOs, not Lucifer, not the WEF, not the New World Order, and not some dude wearing a, a you know a skirt. So, you know, they, they can... fake
0: uh, breasts that exposes himself at the White House.
1: Well, we, we don't need to... If we start talking about that type of politics, that's going to get us kicked off of YouTube. And that's where this, oh, this is supposed oh, to be going.
0: Oh, oh, you better edit this out.
1: Oh, we got it. Okay. I think we're peachy so far. You know,
0: no, and- no, no. You better edit that last comment out. Sorry about that. <laughs> oh, you,
1: you know, this whole thing. Um, I think is every it, it, once again, like every twelve hours, something new is going to come up. They're going to have something else to to produce, and there's probably a, a bountiful amount of evidence for UFOs and aliens and contacts. And I'm telling you, do not be surprised the day it happens. When you are just going to be you know, cruising through the tube one day, and all of a sudden you stop on whatever fake news mainstream media is on there, and here's one of our elected officials or someone from the Pentagon, and they have video evidence proof of aliens, or they're showing you um, you know, a piece of a craft, this is alien technology, none of us will ever be able to touch it or examine it, only the government will, so we'll have to take them at their word for it, but yeah, you know, the deception is real. The deception is on. Regardless if anyone thinks this or not, we have been deceived already. All right. And that deception is going to continue to grow. So let's let's listen to um this short piece from Redacted. Um we're we're giving a lot of kudos to Clayton Morris over there at Redacted. Um so far he's covering the most of this, I think, better than anyone else. So we're gonna use a clip from him today or from a few days ago, and we're going to listen to Stephen Greer, what he's saying, and uh, then we'll we'll break it down and analyze it. Try not to make this too
2: long. For that day, um, at that event. Um, so this whole event took over three hours, close to four hours, with jaw-dropping moments. I mean, <laughs> bombshell moments. Um, I want to show you a number of those moments now, and I'm going to save the most amazing, what I believe is the most amazing For the end, uh, so you gotta stick around for this. So anyway, Dr. Greer started off by explaining the, that they know these are the things they've turned over to Congress, Senate, and the, and, and the White House for part of this testimony. Here's the list of things that they sent out, which is the disclosure project slide. Project Intelligence Archive and contains government documents from the United States, Canada, Australia, Russia, the UK, and more. 145 top secret bases, 752 witnesses from military, corporate, government solutions, files with witness testimony and some video with supporting documents and information, 121 UF crash retrieval cases. Some documents includes name of witness, et cetera, et cetera. Um, So he went through all of this, explaining that this is the stuff they were handing over. Um, Here is Dr. Stephen Greer, though, showing the map locations of these secret bases in the United States. Look at the number of secret military bases inside the United States and what's being worked on at these secret military bases from witnesses who've come forward and have actually worked at these bases, watch. Operations
3: have happened, I'm saying illegal, because we can prove that this information, as Senator Inouye said, you'll hear his statement in a moment, has been run by a very shadowy, deep black operation, and we're not talking the legal black budget of the United States. We're talking about projects that presidents and CI directors and secretaries of defense and members of the Congress who have a need to know and are cleared TSSEI in skiffs secure compartmented information facilities have been blatantly either gas-lit, denied access. That is the foundation of everything we've done, is that these projects are a priori illegal and therefore unconstitutional and have to be reined in. So as we're looking at this, I know one of the places on here that he's
1: talking about, Dave, is JRB. That's a joint reserve base air naval station, and that's right here in Fort Worth. And that's where Lockheed Martin's at. So quick story for anyone who cares. Um, if you live anywhere within this area, you are always going to see craft that are flying typically east to west. And they're going to be going over uh, JRB into Fort Worth. And they fly over me in Weatherford, Texas, and then out to Mineral Wells, Texas, out to another base. And they fly back and forth and back and forth
0: and Uh, go ahead let me interject this same thing when my dad worked with these captured scientists uh, we're talking uh, Martin Marietta which is now Lockheed Martin and the one he worked at was um, in the Coal Creek Canyon in the foothills outside Littleton Colorado and um, this this was uh, not the only place he worked with these people at but it was one of them and the UFO sightings there are off the charts. Yep, same here. Uh, right here, number twenty-two, Carswell Air Force
1: Base, Fort Worth, Texas. That's right here next to me. Mm-hmm. So my little area of Parker County, Texas, sitting right next to Johnson County, Texas, okay, is the considered to be the paranormal hot spot of Texas. We have the most UFO sightings. Strangely enough, the most Bigfoot sightings. Uh, we have uh whatever little anomalies that are else out there, but Palpinto, um Johnson County, and Parker County, and they all run linear to each other, all right, which is in the same flight path as any of these uh craft are taking. And you see weird stuff, all right? We know what military aircraft look like because they fly 200 feet over our house constantly. And then you see stuff that are just orbs in the sky, and they just, they blip out and they come back. They're strange. I mean, to us, they're UFOs, but you see them so much, they might as well just be tested aircraft. Now, for anyone who's living in any of these areas, make sure you can stop and pause the video, screenshot what you're looking at, see if you got anything within your area, and then start being observant. Start being observant of the skies of what's going on. You can find any of these places out, and I'm telling you, if you live around any of these, you got stuff going on. Most likely, you've got UFOs and abductions going on in your backyard. You just don't know it.
0: We haven't seen that where I live, but where I live in Arizona, we live north of Metropolitan Phoenix out in the uh, the um, country. Um, we have things that have happened, and, and th- this goes back It predates when we lived there. We've been there for 20 years. Uh, but we have talked to people that have been there for 30 years. And there's a Toyota Proving Grounds out there, and some really weird stuff happens. They guard the base with M16s. Yeah, Toyota Proving Grounds are guarded with M16s. And, I mean, these people are nasty. I walked up one time and said, when do you guys give tours? <laughs> Just kind of check it out. This guy wasn't messing around, man. He, he, he made it clear the gun was in his hands, and I better turn around and leave. But there are people out there that see orbs. I have seen a couple things in the sky I can't explain. doesn't mean it's a UFO, but I've seen a couple things out there I can't explain. My son used to have this big jungle gym platform stuff, and a lot of times on 4th of July we'd get up on it and we'd watch fireworks and stuff from inside the city. And uh, we live on a rise, so we were able to see into the Phoenix area. Um, and some some nights we are up there just for the heck of it, and we'd see orbs. I've been there, done that. There's something going on at these Proven Gowns. I have followed... Uh, canopy trucks uh, with soldiers with rifles with um, um, woodland camouflage going into this facility. Myself, I follow. I followed them to the guard gate, and I live in the middle. I live in the middle of nowhere, Doug.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, do you live near Kingston, Kingman? You mean Kingman, Kingston? Place where they no. have a lot of mines at. Kingman has underground facilities. Yeah, you, that so that Kingman
0: area that's that's a little uh, Skinwalker Ranch area that's three, to I, the Apache. That's that's 3 hours north of me. And yes, there was a lady there named Bridget Langston. She had Sheriff Mack and I come up and speak about some uh, controversial topics not this. Mm-hmm. But we talked afterwards. We went out to dinner afterwards with her and she told us about um, UFO activity. Uh, underground activity mm-hmm. in Kingman. So you're absolutely right. Yeah, we we have more than just
3: one of these places. So here, let's, let's continue on with this. Because not doing so is a threat to the national security. So here is your list. I'm not going to go through 145 sites. Some of them are black sites. Some of them are bases you know about, like Wright-Patterson, Edwards, Nellis, Area 51, so-called. But... All of them are based on witness testimony and intelligence we've gathered. I want to stop right here and just say that he's
1: listing locations of black sites. A black site, some of these have actually been discovered quite hilariously. Um, These sites are not that they're not meant to exist, but they're an undisclosed location for whatever operations are going on or testing that's going on. And some of them have been discovered. Um, you guys familiar with the smartwatches, right? And how you can, you know, set it and jog and you can, you know, clock everything and monitor all your, your maps for your jogging and all that. Well, with this one smartwatch company,
0: this was 2018, I think. Ladies and gentlemen, right now, go to MyPillow.com backslash Hodges. Use the coupon code Hodges to take advantage of these great opportunities. MyPillow.com backslash Hodges, coupon code Hodges.
1: We all had a really good laugh about it. Um, so uh, there was one motivator who was out there every day running his three miles around his black site facility, and it was being monitored and uploaded into the Internet and completely mapped out his facility. So, you know, they do exist and occasionally it does get leaked. And when it does get leaked because, you know, you're you're a fan of cardio, it's quite hilarious. So uh your 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 little watch does track everything that you do, just FYI for people over the last everything thirty years. Everything, it's time for it to be.
0: Every everything tracks you.
1: Well not uh not only that, but if you if you are disclosing black sites, I mean you you could find yourself driving into an explosion for doing that. We're not, we're not uh, so low of people that we wouldn't kill our own people for disclosing black sites. So it's, it's very, he has to be, you can tell Greer is nervous. You can tell he has to be very careful the way he's doing this. I question why he did it in Washington DC of all places. Uh, he might have another movie coming out soon, and this is this might be part of it. But um, yeah, let's let's continue disclosed.
2: So someone in the chat says, Clayton, I can't believe. Why are you spreading this garbage? It's not garbage. This is perhaps one of the biggest stories of all time. And on top of it, it is a crime. These are crimes that are being committed against Americans. Here's what Stephen Greer says about that.
3: Uh, but. This object was retrieved because it became disabled. Some of these retrieval operations are not extraterrestrial, but they would like sometimes the public to think maybe it was because the bigger secret, I'll tell you right now, is not the extraterrestrial issue. It's these technologies, which an unsupervised and frankly illegal operation have, which is a threat to the national security, period. This we will prove, and this is a bigger threat: the existence of these in the hands of unsupervised operations that have escaped the oversight of the president, of the office of the president, and the Congress for since 1956 to 1960.
2: And so he then explains the difference between the man-made craft and the ones of extraterrestrial origin, which we've been reverse engineering for years. Um,
1: Dave, you got any comments on that? no it's pretty standard
2: since the 1940s and he shows the man-made side by side so it's important to understand yes there are the alien craft that we have we know that that's without a doubt but then we're also been reverse engineering them and they look close but not totally like them so here he gives an example of the differences here
3: if i had time i would run through we can go through very quickly i think people in the military and in congress Uh, And the American people need to know the difference between the man-made advanced technologies and how they look and the extraterrestrial vehicles. We're going to run through a side-by-side. You can look and see the ET, one on the left, seamless. It is actually uh, created uh, in a material science and technology we don't have time to go into, but we understand that, versus the man-made ones that have components, parts, wires and what have you. Next. And again. Next. And again. And then you hear on the right that is the Norton Air Force Base 1988 air show classified. Um, We have a a witness who was in there and these on the right are man-made. They were late Mercury era, 59 through early 60s in their construction because we had mastered gravity control in October 1954. So I want to go back to this uh, picture. Real how does quick. he,
0: how does he know that though? How does he know when we mastered gravity control? Well, I mean, I don't know
1: how these guys get this information. You know, here's the problem. And I, this is my skeptical mind saying this is that you can't validate a lot of this information. So we're having to trust and assume that he's doing the proper due diligence and validating it for us. Uh, but if he does disclose paperwork, that's a big deal, right? Uh, kind yeah. of hard to not believe that. But then again, paperwork can be manipulated and can be created. Um, so looking at this, this diagram, the man-made classified aerospace exhibit from Norton Air Force Base 1988, the man-made UFOs, this smaller one, the medium-sized one, the smaller one in the middle, and then the very large one to the right, the acorns. This is one of the uh, nomenclatures that is known for these. It's called an acorn. This is also deglock. This is deglock. This is absolutely 100% the you Nazi, think it's, bell. You
0: think Nazi bell. The Nazi exactly. Yes.
1: Yes, it is. It is absolutely the same thing. Anyone right now, you can stop this video. Get on your Google machine and type in deglock glock D-I-E, Glock, or Nazi Bill, and you're going to see the same thing. It's the same profile. Now, this is what Tim and I had discussed, that the Glock was most likely Mercury-powered through fans and that it was more of a recreation of the Vimanas than it was the other technology. And and he claims, and once again, we have to take uh, take Tim for his word. He he's under the assumption that the Vimanas were more of a man made creation um, through some sort of a uh, an extraterrestrial help or angelic help than it was an angelic or extraterrestrial craft, right? Because of the use of completely
0: earthbound materials. Does that make sense? It does. Um- Jim Mars really broke down the Nazi bell. It was his considered opinion that um, um kind of a, like a mini Stargate, it could jump through t- uh, space and go from one continent to the other, and it's how some of the Nazis escaped to Argentina. And this is what Jim was able to trace. Paul Preston interviewed somebody. and gosh, I can't remember the name now. He played the interview for me. Uh, If you said the name, I'd know. It has a V in his name. But he said pretty much the same thing. And um, all the scientists that worked on the Nazi bell were executed before they left. Every one of them. And the Nazis that my dad worked with knew the story. They knew that their colleagues had been murdered over this. Um, But my dad wasn't able to... He was told not to pursue the Nazi bell thing. He wanted to use it to reverse engineer what they knew because some of them had worked on it and were transferred out, luckily for them. And he wanted to, re- to reverse engineer the technology uh, on the drawing board, and he was told to stop it. Why? Why do you think? Uh, well, because they that means that somebody already had it. They didn't need to do it, and they didn't want this information out there. They wanted to control it. See, with a craft like
1: this, the problem with opening portals is what are you opening portals to? You know, I mean you open portals
0: to the bottomless abyss and you may have a very rude <laughs> surprise. Yeah, that's not what I'm talking about, though. How did the we know some of the Nazis escaped through submarines, but we also know the Nazi bell was used to relocate a lot of Nazis. Well, the
1: and once again, I, I find a lot of this to be speculation because it's hard to verify a lot of this information, man. The only thing you can do is just Gain it as you gain it. But,
0: the guy that Paul Paul Preston interviewed talked to um, – who was the number two guy in the Nazis? Himmler. Um, talked to Himmler's maid in Argentina, and she knew everything about this. He gave She gave him chapter and verse. And what I'm telling you is pretty consistent to what uh, Jim Mars was able to track down on his own. They well, told pretty much the same story. I, I think there was – Two versions of the Glock,
1: and if I'm correct, the first one is one that they reported had a catastrophic malfunction, killed a lot of the scientists. But this, so the Glock was part of the America Bomber Project. All right, you had the Glock, and then you had Warner Von Braun and his team who created the multi-stage rockets, which was your Vengeance 1 and Vengeance 2 rockets that we rained down on, uh, on Britain and if it wasn't for him we would have never got the saturn pro- uh project or the mercury or any of that but originally
0: you talk about warner about von braun
1: yeah yeah von braun von braun is the one who created that first stage second stage third straight uh, third stage rocket and it was originally created so that it could be um, flown i believe from norway over into either dc or new york to drop their bomb because in norway
0: is where they were trying to create heavy water so they wanted to be able to create the bomb um, right there and yeah, load it this, immediately up this is something i know a fair amount about let me interject this the guy who was in charge of what you're alluding to here on um, in the germ they called it the german uranium club and a guy named heisenberg was in charge and interestingly enough the history channel did a 55 minute piece on this and now you can't get it today they're totally smashed it got rid of it but i saw it i took notes and i did record it uh and it's an old vcr stuff so um this is something that uh well, again jim mars knew about this my dad knew about this heisenberg was never a member of the Nazi party. He had been working with Zalar before Zalar defected with Einstein. And, uh, oh, gosh, Beatty, who uh, taught at Yale, who was part of the Manhattan Project, he also had worked with Heisenberg. And here's I mean, this is really, really interesting, Doug. This is so fascinating stuff. Uh, Hitler kept asking Heisenberg, how close are you? And he yeah. said, we got a, we got a ways to go. But he didn't want Hitler to have this technology. He didn't want him to have these bombs. And didn't they get a a professional uh, Major League Baseball player to try and assassinate Mo, him? Mo, yeah, Mo Vaughn, who was a third-string catcher for the Yankees, was dispatched because uh, he spoke German. And so he attended some of the conferences that Heisenberg would speak at, and he buddied up to him like he was an aging graduate student. I think I think, uh, Mo Vaughn was probably 38, uh, 40 years was 38, 40 years old. And they they told him if he gives any indication he's got a super bomb, because this is what Einstein had told Roosevelt, that he was to kill him. And he said, I didn't kill him because he never mentioned anything. We walked through the streets of Zurich together. Now, here's what's really interesting about Heisenberg. Heisenberg told Hitler, too expensive, you're better off spending your money on conventional warfare. This is too unreliable technology. It's going to take a long time to master it that was a lie he did not want uh hitler to have this he knew about the v2 rockets two-stage rockets he knew what this meant for the world and he kept it from hitler now people say oh that's all speculation well both the history channel my sources jim marr's sources said the same thing when heisenberg was captured at the end of world war ii they took him to wembley house in england And they kept him under lock and key, and they picked his brain about the technology, and he wasn't terribly cooperative. And then after we dropped the first bomb on Hiroshima, they came in and informed him what had happened. He sat down and in front of them mapped out how they did the chain reaction. He knew exactly how to do this. He's a hero, and no one wants to. Beta was a guy who came out against. Oh, he's lying! because Beta was an egotist, and it was not invented here. It didn't happen. But uh, Heisenberg saved this country. He was a German who saved this country from the Nazis. Absolutely, absolutely the case, Doug. I'm telling you, well, this I- is a true story. There's too many people that know it um and so
1: it's 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 real and i know we're getting off on a history lesson here but this is good history that most people don't know um well let let
0: me let me bring this back into focus okay into what we're talking about okay uh you know annie doriso knows everybody in the ufo business and she's fully retired now and that was bill pollock's uh uh, wife uh late bill pollock um annie one day calls me up and this is when we have a show on rbn and I'm not happy with the stuff going on at RB. I'm ready to leave for various personal reasons. And Annie calls me up and she goes, how would you like to talk to Warner Von Braun's top secretary, Carol Laton?" And I said, yeah, what's she going to tell me? She said, "She said I'm not going to tell you. I just want you to have the conversation. So she, we get, we're get we doing a three-way on the phone. And Carol, oh, Carol Rosen, that was her name. And she comes on and she said, yeah, I'm sitting in uh, Warner's office. And she said two aliens just appeared. They were Grace. And then he asked me to leave. And he went he'd had a conversation with him for about 45 minutes. And she's telling the story. And then she went on to talk about they had contact with aliens when he was working with the Nazis, and this is what he told me. Now I wanted to bring this out. This would have been 2013. I went independent at the end of 2013. Early 2014. This is one of the reasons why I left RBN. John statmiller wouldn't let me air the show. And I said, Do you understand this rivals anything that Art Bell's doing? And I said, Art Bell's a great journalist. I love Art Bell. And I said, and right now we have a chance to stand with Art Bell and have someone come on and give a first hand account of something so bizarre. I said, Your ratings will go off the chart. He goes, Oh, we won't do that. And later on I found out, and don't want to speak ill of the dead. Sorry, John, but Um, he he defended the Nazis quite a bit. And this is why I left RBN. Um, And there's good people at RBN, and I don't know if they know the story the way I know it. But the point is, I believe Carol Rosen. I believe that event happened. And Annie believes it, too, because she said she had other confirmation. So when people want to say that we're talking out our butts and we don't have any evidence... We had a lot of collaboration from people who do research. Well, this, this started in the
1: 40s, for us anyways. Yeah. After we got there with Operation or Project Dustpan. right Before there was ever paperclip, you had Dustpan. And Heisenberg was one of many different scientists. And just like what Bob Lazar talked about with compartmentalization and the engineers, it was the same thing on the America Bomber Project. And they, man, they came up with everything that we have now, they came up with. The jets, the helicopters, uh, the rockets, these guys made it, all right? And, and once again, this technology that they should not have really had access to because no one else was developing theoretical physics like they were at that point in time or the metallurgy um, to be able to accomplish a lot of these things. know, yeah, everyone was still kind of in the industrial revolution, piston-driven everything. But what they created, and I believe... I don't talk about this much, so I don't have any proof on it, but here we go. But I believe during Project Dustpan, we collected some scientists that the Russians were also after who had this technology. We brought them over on paperclip, and that's what Von Braun got compartmentalized in with NASA and then other guys who were. And Von Braun worked exclusively on rockets. That was his deal. He was he was a rocketeer. But you had these other guys, these other guys who are working on something that we just didn't have a word in the science community for yet. And they got put on a special access program and went somewhere else non-disclosed. And there was, you know, there was thousands of scientists from Germany, engineers who came over here that were undisclosed. But I still firmly believe that what we have came from them, crossed over to here. And that's when all the weird stuff happened. That's when, uh, right after Paperclip, you got all the weird stuff Dave and I have always talked about with your MK Ultra and Mockingbird and all this other stuff, right? But that, yeah. this all came from the Nazis.
0: Did, no, not entirely. Not entirely. Mostly. Almost exclusively, but not entirely. Um, I had an experience as a child. I've never told you this. Um, I got pneumonia, and I must have been about seven or eight years old. And so I got put in an army hospital at Fitzsimmons army base in Aurora, Colorado. And, um, my dad used to take under guard some of these scientists they were working with off base because they were worried about CIA penetration and DIA penetration. And I, you know, I was really sick. My dad and I did a lot of baseball stuff together. And, um, so one day my, I'm in the hospital like for three days. And one of the days my dad shows up and he's got a baseball. I said, oh, thanks, Dad. He goes, didn't come from me. And I said, well, where'd it come from? He said, a Russian friend of mine. Now, I wasn't smart enough to pursue this at seven years of age. I thought, well, Dad, I thought the Russians hated us. He goes, not this one. He wants you to have this. He knows you're sick. So he brought me this baseball. Small anecdotal story. Cycle forward to 1984 and 85 when my dad's telling me the details of this stuff. And he said, "Yeah, I remember." He said we had a couple of Russians that, besides the Germans that we had, he said the Germans captured some of them, transported them back to Germany in their invasion of uh, Russia. And he said we had we had two of them that we were working with. And he said some of these Russians worked hand in hand with the Nazis on some of this stuff. So it wasn't exclusively Nazis. They actually had commandeered uh, Russian scientists and took them back to Germany, and they worked on this stuff.
1: See, um, in, a, in a way, you're almost a secondhand whistleblower because your dad, if he was still around, would have knowledge of things that are working right now that we're looking at.
0: Well, the key is secondhand. But uh, Bill Pollock flew Jim Mars in to meet me. And I had dealt with Jim electronically through Bill, and I had interviewed him on the show I started. But uh, he told Bill, he said, uh, Bill told Jim, he said, Dave is not going to give up very much about his dad's work because his mom's still alive. And my mom would have been subject her property to the national security oath my dad signed. And if he got caught uh, revealing state secrets, they could have taken everything he owned, and that would include where my mom lived.
2: Yeah. And so yeah.
0: so we had to be, you know, I think it was security oath 450 is what they called it. So, um Vance Davis was part of this too. And Vance and Bill told Jim Mars, "Dave may talk to you in person, we'll talk to him." So they called me up and says, "Would you do a semi-full disclosure?" I said, "There's things I will not say. I don't care who it's to, not even you guys." But I said, "I will tell him a significant amount to make his trip worthwhile." So Bill paid for Jim to fly into the Phoenix airport. We went off site to a restaurant, and we were there for six hours. And uh, Jim walked away and said, 90% of what Dave has told me I can confirm through my sources in the military. He said the other 10%, I don't know. But he said "He said his dad did what he said he did. and um, And that started the friendship between Jim and I where we started sharing – When my mom passed, um, then I could open up a little more with Vance and Bill and Jim. And um, it's an interesting story how I got started here. People say, well, how do you meet all these people? Because some people don't believe me. I heard Vance Davis. The first time I ever heard uh, Art Bell show was on KTR radio. My my wife's out of town. Uh, I'm listening to the Suns game on the radio, not feeling well. I'm in bed. The game is over. And then the Art Bell show comes on. At that time, it was on the station called KTAR. And Vance comes on, and he's talking about the secret space program. And I'm having a holy poop moment because he's saying stuff I know I can't talk about. So I, this time, you don't have the Internet. This is like 1992. So I'm going through all the ways I want to get a hold of Vance Davis because I figured he's probably pretty safe to talk to because he's saying things I can't say. And so eventually, I'm able to leave him a message, and it's Bill Pollock that calls me to screen me. He wanted to know if I was for real. That's how I broke into this group. And and then because I had credible information, they invited me to those uh, meetings they used to have with astronauts and with scientists, and we had to sign non-disclosure agreements, and we used to meet in La Placidus, New Mexico. And that started in 1997. So... Doug, that's my history with this. This is something I know pretty well, um, and my conclusion is though, and, and maybe I'll be proven wrong, but and, and I know I'm influenced because I'm a Christian, but the Nazis were into the occult. The Nazis really brought this forth to the world, the modern world, and I think these are demonic entities, and and and, and here's my position on this. They can masquerade as aliens, and they can play all these games and this and that and the other. The bottom line is you have to fight the enemy that's in front of you. It doesn't matter what you call them, right? Whether it's an E.T. or whether it's a demonic being, okay, it doesn't matter. You still have to fight the enemy that's in front of you. That's why I don't think it's productive to get into these intramural discussions. We have an enemy right now that's being identified in this Clayton Morris piece that you're playing. The, these people, these entities, whatever they are, they are enemies of humanity
1: and those enemies of humanity are tied in with humanity
0: well i believe they control our government now
1: well i mean it's it's hard to disagree with that uh, especially with the testimony that we'll listen to so let's let's get back to this real quick all right
0: this is dave hodges i want to interject some things into what we've talked about here i think the most important thing i said in the course of the interview and Doug really reiterated it, was that it doesn't matter what we call these entities. These entities exist. There's way too much proof to say they don't. But are these entities demonic? Are they ETs? Are they extra-dimensional? And my position is, it doesn't make a darn bit of difference. As I said in the interview, you have to fight the enemy that's in front of you. We are looking at a couple of real possibilities right here. And let me say it to you this way. We are looking at a situation where we're either dealing with the biggest fraud ever perpetrated upon the human population in a potential Project Bluebeam, or we are looking at something that we'd call an invasion, regardless of the source, and this could get really, really bad. If you like this interview, the rest of it can be heard at the TV, and we put some of this into video and I think you'll enjoy this and I believe there's about another